there, Victoria here, and welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, and to start, I have a quick question for you. What keeps you up at night? Could it be worries about your family members, your finances, your health, our country? Perhaps you're literally afraid in your home, you know, that bump in the night. Or maybe it's simply that you had too much caffeine or ate a big meal closer to bedtime. Possibly all that screen blue light is tricking your brain into thinking it's not quite time for sleep. Or did you exercise right before bed? Uh, Yeah, you kind of got your engines revved. Or could it be that you're haunted by past mistakes and regret and shame and all those memories never quite leave you alone and they especially come knocking right when you try to close your eyes? Well, sleep is essential for optimal health and we spend about one third of our lives doing it. But these days, anxiety levels are high and finding sufficient rest can be a bit of a challenge. This episode is mostly common knowledge. You know, the stuff that is Googleable. You've heard it most of your life, but I wanted to pull all the info together, condense it, and to remind you and me that as Christians, sound sleep is possible. So kick off your shoes, fluff up your pillow, and let's take a deep dive into the notion of how to experience peaceful nightly sleep. Let's go. So right off the bat, keep in mind that this episode will offer suggestions and in no way presents any type of medical advice. Always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider before making changes to your daily routine. Today, I'm just connecting real 21st century life with the amazing thought that King David thousands of years ago, who was persecuted, running for his very life at times, was able to put his head on a pillow and fall asleep. Did he have worries? Well, of course he did, uh, just about like a gazillion. But he rested his brain, his heart, his mind upon God's foundation of truth, upon God's character, upon God's promises. And David, King David, found rest. Okay, so let's start with just a few definitions as a quick review. Have you heard of circadian rhythms? Well, that's your body. You know, it's it's keeping time, really. It kind of like has an internal clock that's basically aligned with sunrise and sunset. And it becomes really important that we follow and establish a healthy circadian rhythm. We don't want to upset that. What are some important hormones to review? Cortisol. You know, that's the fight flight hormone and it controls your mood, motivation, and fear. We probably don't want to have a whole lot of this hormone running through our veins right before bedtime. It naturally increases during the day, but we want to help our bodies to decrease it at night. And what about melatonin? You've heard of that? You know, a lot of people take supplements, especially when they're traveling, dealing with jet lag, maybe during the time when we have a time zone adjustment, which is coming up for us, right? And it's really an relatively inexpensive. You can find it everywhere. And you know what? Um, This particular hormone, melatonin, it makes, our bodies make more of it at night. And so the levels of this hormone in our system actually goes up in the evening once the sun sets. And this is a good thing because that's a part of our circadian rhythm and our internal clock. We want it to increase at night. Some of the 
of good sleep-related vitamins and minerals and supplements in addition to melatonin might include vitamin C, magnesium, glycine, ginkgo biloba, valerian root. Um, You know, you can have a cup of that herbal tea. Just go to the herbal tea section. And I used to not like herbal tea, but now I'm just like flipping out loving herbal tea. I go in there like a gazillion different varieties. Like, okay, if you're stressed, if you're doing this detox, blah, blah, blah. Everything, anything you want is available in the herbal tea section. So go get one and try to develop a taste for it. Find one that you really, really like. Um, And then there's this thing called Nocturia. I didn't know it had a name, but it's excessive urination during the night. Oh my goodness. How many times do you get up at night to go pee? Uh, Yeah. Sorry. I just said pee on my podcast, but yes, we're keeping it real here. And you know, I have to say, this is an issue for me. I don't know if it's actually excessive during the night, but what I'm trying to do now, since I've been researching and reviewing all these things is to not drink any fluids. That means anything one to two hours before bed. And then of course I have to, you know, it's just common sense to go to the bathroom before bed. But, but the issue here is water. I have been trying to increase my water intake. I'm up to 80 ounces a day and, um, which I think is helping me reduce cholesterol. It's helping my liver, um, all my bodily functions. I think it's detoxing. It's just like a win-win. So I don't want to give that up, but especially now during the winter, it's harder for me to get all that water in. So I have to start really early in the morning. And, but sometimes I'm like down to the wire and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 30 ounces left and, and I've got to drink it. It's 8 PM. So, or 9 PM. So anyway, you know, and sometimes I just say, oh, well, I'm just going to get up and use the bathroom at night because having the water is more important, but that's your, your, your own decision. But okay. So now what I'm going to do in the next segment is offer, I think I have five little categories to go over very quickly before we get into the Psalm. And these are kind of like do's and don'ts. So we have your daily health routine, your sleep environment, pre-bedtime, the best habits, best practices, what happens to your brain while you're sleeping, and then what does your brain need once you awaken to get your clock ticking again and to just engage that with your rhythm. So those are the five sections that we're going to look at very quickly. Okay, number one, what kind of daily health routine can you establish to ensure that you're going to get some really good sleep? First of all, get plenty of exercise and movement during the day. Sweating reduces those cortisol levels and relieves stress. Now, try to exercise at least four hours before you head to bed. Do something physical to help tire out your body. What is the best time to exercise? This was so curious in all my research, and it's just a very general kind of research that I did, but I found it was about 7 a.m. I don't know if you You've heard of Jim Quick, but he does a lot of study as a podcast about the brain. And I believe it was, he was the one who uh, interviewed someone who said that. So to establish the most efficient sleep cycle, studies show that it's best to exercise in the morning and even just four minutes, four minutes can give a boost to that, um, to cortisol and get that, you know, get all that revved up and going. Another thing to do, get sunlight first thing in the morning. Like as soon as you wake up, go outside, get some fresh air, breathe in, give your, you know, just take it all in and let that sunshine help to establish your circadian rhythm. Even artificial bright light devices or bulbs will even help. 
you know, some of these days it's like, oh, cloudy, yuck. And we have all the issues with our, how that affects our mood. So don't discount artificial bright lights. I mean, do some research on those. Keep your schedule. Okay. No more sleeping in on the weekends because that's really not good for your inner clock. Remember, melatonin increases naturally when you're in a darker environment. So getting plenty of sunshine early on helps keep it at bay and helps to establish your rhythm. Okay. Now, Here's a surprise alert. Once your circadian rhythm is set and really established and you're in a really good groove with that and you're on schedule for getting up and going to bed, you can actually ditch your alarm clock. You know, Christ's followers have the Holy Spirit to serve as our clock, don't we? I always ask the Holy Spirit to awaken me at a particular time. And I tell you seriously and sincerely, he always does it. Sometimes I get nervous at night, like before I'm taking a flight the next day or if I have an important appointment. So I set two clocks, right? Don't you? But I promise you that if I ask the Holy Spirit to awaken me at 4.30 a.m., he does it. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate waker upper. And also, if you ever find yourself suddenly jolted awake during the night, it might be a Holy Spirit nudge for you to pray or to check on something or somebody. I I try so hard to be sensitive to the Spirit and how He's leading. Okay, another good practice during the day, restrict caffeine consumption after 2 p.m. and minimize any alcohol consumption that you may have if you have it. If you like wine or whatever, studies show that wine is actually one of the, you know, good things on for your brain, a teeny bit of it. But I'm not endorsing that or saying anything about that really other than just you shouldn't be drinking a lot late at night. At least that's what I found out. If you want a warm drink later in the day, go ahead and try those decaf herbal teas that contain natural antioxidants and are great for your brain. Okay. Do you take a nap during the day? Yeah, me too sometimes. And that's awesome. And I'm kind of fond of that. But I found out that stud, that that longer than 30 minutes for a nap might just interrupt your nighttime sleep. So be careful with that. It does seem to be highly individualized. Some people can sleep 30 minutes and, during the day or longer, and it seems okay for them. Um, so it's really up to you and how that, you, you'll notice how it impacts things. And then examine what you're eating during the day and when, when you eat. Diet impacts your brain and your sleep. Snack on a handful of almonds or a bit of cottage cheese, which which are cheese, which are rich in tryptophan. Yeah, I didn't know what that was, but it's an amino acid that produces melatonin. You can try magnesium-rich foods, as I mentioned earlier, like pumpkin seeds or dark chocolate to boost melatonin levels before bed as well. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, sleep environment. Let's consider the atmosphere in your room. All right. Keep it cool. Below 68 degrees is ideal. You may, if you're like me, you may need to wear gloves or socks if your extremities are not quite the same temperature as your core. Noise. What about noise? Some folks enjoy white noise, like a fan or an app that projects ocean waves or natural sounds. And sometimes be be cautious because any blinking light that you have in your room can actually interrupt your sleep. Like if you let your if if you have a computer in your bedroom or something and you let the computer go to sleep 
sleep mode, there still may be a light emission from that, or maybe your modem has a light, maybe your blinds aren't light restrictive. You know, you want to get it actually as dark as you can as possible. And uh, because it really does matter. I mean, have you ever been in a hotel room and the, the fire alarm, the little thing is blinking the whole night long and you're like, oh, it's just driving you nuts and you've gotten up and you've covered it, right? Yeah, so have I. So uh, keep that in mind. Reduce the light. Keep it as dark as possible. What about your bed pillows? Okay. I, you know, I fell in love with a pillow made by Pacific Coast at a hotel once, and I ordered two of them. They're not inexpensive, but I love them. And I've been using this brand for years, and it made a huge difference in my sleep. All right. Not only the pillow, but your mattress. What's the condition of your mattress? Maybe it's time for new sheets and blankets. Um, you know, folks say, and this may just be the mattress people, I don't know, but they tell us we should replace our bedding every five to eight years. So maybe it's time for a little bit of an uplift in your with your bedding supplies. And also for your sleep environment, why not engage your senses like pleasant aromas like lavender? I love that Bath and Body Works pillow spray. Um, it, it that they've got one that's called sleep or something or stress relief. They smell so good. So squirt that, you know, spray that mist it all over the place. That even helps your body to relax. What's the best position? Well, current trends say you should sleep on your side and not your back. Mm, okay. Some folks even swear by weighted blankets, which may soothe your nervous system and help regulate hormonal production. You know, when serotonin, which is another hormone, it's a happy hormone, when those levels are high, melatonin production increases. One other thing about your environment, declutter your bedroom wherever you sleep. Remember your mom telling you to clean, clean up your bedroom? Well, okay. Studies suggest that if your room is tidy and orderly, you will actually sleep better. And before we go on, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Okay, so we've examined our daily health routine and we've also considered our sleep environment. So number three, let's talk about our pre-bedtime best habits. Make sure your devices block blue light at a certain time of evening, preferably about two hours before bed. Remember that blue light suppresses the production of melatonin, which is what we need to get to sleep. So, you know, my kids were telling me about these glasses. So I, I recently bought a, a something on Amazon. It was one of their favorites. And the brand was Livo, L-I-V-H-O. Cost me 16 bucks for two pairs. And I love them. So I put those on at night because I know that I'm not getting that, that, you know, uh, blue light coming through and I kind of like them. They're cute. Okay. So this is, you know, there's also this thing called a golden hour before you go to sleep. And that's, you should put away all screens, listen to relaxing music, take a bath journal. Um, you know, we can, we can put out our, all the mercies and the thankfulness that God has done for us every morning where, you know, we're thankful his mercies are new and we write those down. And then at night, um, we're so grateful for his faith. So some people keep a faith journal at night and they just put down everything that God has demonstrated to them and during that day showing his faithfulness. And, you know, when you do these kinds of things, your body will naturally decrease cortisol levels, which helps to increase the melatonin levels. And if you want to read, that's great, but go maybe go for a fiction. Um, you know, maybe that's a little less lighthearted. You're not trying to engage your brain in the learning process and so forth. And think also about prayer. Um, 
deep breathing, visualization. Sometimes I see myself having fun in what I call God's garden or his vineyard. And I, as I'm toiling for him, excited for what he's doing in my life to point others toward him, I use visualization sometimes just to help me relax as well. Again, a hot bath or shower, which releases or relaxes, uh, uh, you know, body tension and so forth helps your muscles relax. And also probably the most important is ditch the phone. Keep it out of your bedroom. Yeah, I know that's hard. Okay. Number four, what's happening to your brain while you're sleeping? Well, believe it or not, you're learning when you're sleeping. Your brain is actually cataloging and sorting all the information obtained during the day and consolidating it. Essentially, it's building memories, but discarding the not so important stuff. It's kind of like that clean disk function and compressor on your computer hard drive. That's what's going on. Sleep offers your brain time to reduce generate and repair any damaged brain cells. Sleep also allows your brain to cancel the harmful effects of stress hormones like the cortisol that's been stockpiled during the day. Okay, so how long should you sleep? Mm, The magic number still seems to be about seven to eight hours of sleep for adults every single night. So do you see why it's so important that we get this sleep? Um, Our brain is very active. We think we're just resting it, but it's not. It's it's kind of um, doing a decluttering and cleaning while we're sleeping. I love that. And number five, what happens to our brain once we awake? What does our brain need to get that clock ticking again? Well, we need water, okay? Because we maybe we've not drunk for a long time. You know, we've kind of fasted, right? So we need breakfast. We need to break that fast and we need water. We need exercises. Again, remember seven o'clock is the best time to start. That's pretty early in the morning. But did you know four minutes is a great brain jump start? Just four minutes. So set your timer while your coffee's brewing or you're making your green smoothie or whatever and get to moving. Just do some jumping jacks. Do something to get your your to jump start your brain and get the electricity going in your body again. Get that clock ticking. Also, this is curious, but do something backwards. Um, if you if you put on your socks or your shoes, like with one foot first, do the other foot. Try eating with the opposite hand. Those kinds of things also stimulate your brain activity. So it's just kind of a fun thing to try to do. It's kind of hard. It's harder than you think, but you're actually learning. I haven't heard someone say recently, drive to work a different way. Get out of the rut. You know, our brain gets in kind of, we do like routines, but our brain can get in a rut and we're just not learning very much. So drive a different way to work. Try that. Um, You can even take a cold shower to snap your brain into high gear. I am not doing that. I'm just right now for the record, I am not going to take a cold shower every morning. I cannot do it. I think I would just like die right there. I cannot do it. Um, Okay. This is also important. Speaking back of the, again, of the phone, don't train your brain for distraction. What do you think is the biggest thing, thing that we could do that trains our brain to be distracted, not to be able to focus, to have brain fog? What is the thing that we do the most that trains our brain, literally, to be distracted and not to be able to focus? Yeah, it's our phone. Don't go to your phone in the morning. I heard um, some of these big brain people, they say, you know, I don't even touch my, my, my phone for the first hour 
I don't look at emails. I don't do anything for the first hour after I awaken because I want to have solid focus, concentrated focus. I want to take care of my brain first, you know, and of course we're going to, what can you do in that hour? You can pray, you can study, read your devotional, have some music, you can read and learn. Okay. Um, Okay. So these are plenty of tips, tricks, hacks to help you get a good night's rest and jumpstart your rhythm the very next day. And I have more coming later on in this episode, a few more tips for those times when you've tried everything, but you still cannot sleep. So stay tuned. But first let's turn to Psalm three. Scholars suggest that David penned this, this Psalm during his flight from his own son, Absalom. And about 12,000 other warriors or conspirators that were on Absalom's side. Just picture that. They were after David, King David. The kingdom was in turmoil. So we can imagine that David's stress and cortisol levels were running at an all-time high. Family problems are just the worst, aren't they? We toss and we turn with worry about our families, perhaps more than anything else. But as believers, we don't have to give way to this type of toxicity in our thought life. There is a better way, a better practice, better habits that we can start. And that is releasing our worries, no matter the shape or size, completely to God. Psalm 3 from the NASB version. O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. And this is the word of the Lord. Say, did you catch those verses about sleep from verse five? Really? I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. My goodness. David amidst such internal anguish, fear and turmoil for his family. Indeed, the nation. He was able to sleep. I don't think that you and I have legions hot on air trail ready to take our lives, but maybe your legions are spiritual, not literal. And for this, God and his ultimate stroke of genius upon the canvas of human existence gave us his son, his son who was persecuted and murdered as guilty, convicted as guilty, who opened the door for us to have what? To have his Peace. Peace. Do you know this peace? Have you stepped into this peace? For Christians, it's that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. 
And that comes from the blue letter Bible definition of the word peace in the Greek New Testament. Our soul's assurance of salvation is the door to peace, to a peace filled rest at night. Jesus was also foreshadowed in the old foreshadowed in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, and I'm sure you've heard him called the Prince of Peace. That word in Hebrew Old Testament language is shalom. And that root word also signals a covenant or a promise of peace made possible for us 21st century Christians through Jesus Christ. Although we have trouble in this world, our souls indeed can rest in peace spiritually, and we can help our bodies and our brains to follow suit by choosing to think, by choosing to take thoughts captive, those rogue, toxic thoughts, by choosing to give thanks in everything, and by choosing to walk out our days on earth with the renewed mind of Christ. Before we pray, maybe you're thinking, wait, this is way too much for me to implement in my life. Well, I would encourage you to start small. Just take one action item, one practical tip. Just take one step headed in the right direction. Or you may be saying, on the other hand, well, I already do so many of these things, but I still can't get to sleep at night. I just toss and turn. And for you, I would encourage you not to sweat it too much. Just go easy on yourself. There's nothing worse than when you're trying to go to sleep to be so aware of the fact that you can't get to sleep. It's horrible, isn't it? It's just vicious little cycle that you have going in your mind. So what you might do is try repeating all the relaxation actions again that you had done before bed, like playing light music, doing a a complete brain dump on paper, counting your blessings, listening to soft ocean waves or rain on a, on an app or something. Pray and give it all to God, asking for His help to help you sleep. And then reassure yourself that even if you're not in some deep sleep mode or if you've not noticed a dream for ages, it doesn't mean that your body isn't resting and restoring itself. Just lie still and try to relax all your muscles. Take a few deep breaths and just picture yourself in that garden strolling around with Jesus. He loves you, he delights in you, and he's smiling at you. My prayer today comes from a series of personalized Bible verses, and I'll put all the links in the show notes. So let's pray. Father in heaven, you are my keeper, the shade at my right hand. The sun will not smite me during the day, nor the moon by night. When I lie down, I will not be afraid. As I lie down, my sleep will be sweet. May my very soul find rest in God alone and in your wondrous works and in my salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you for being my refuge and fortress. I trust you. I will come under the shadow of you, the Almighty. I will not be afraid of the terrors by night, nor the arrows that fly by day. I trust you will send your angels to encamp around me and guard me in all my ways. I will cease striving, and I will know that you are my God. I refuse to worry about tomorrow. I will cast 
all my anxiety upon you as I am humbled under your mighty hand. And finally, I will come to Jesus, accepting his yoke upon my shoulders each day. And there I truly will find rest for my soul. And then at night, in peace, I will lie down and sleep with such gratitude to Jesus, my Savior, I pray. And in his name, amen. And there you have it, Brain Changer. But wait, what's the theme merch for this episode? It's I Choose Peace Today. You can find the link in the show notes. And I could not ask you enough to please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you would even go a step further and rate and and write a review, well, I'd just flip my top with gratitude. I'd really appreciate it. Also, if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. And then visit my website, victoriadwalker.com to opt in so we can stay connected on a more personal level. And until next week, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao!